Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're tuning into the online broadcast network, After Buzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, Doctor Who fans. Welcome back to the Doctor Who After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Talking about Season 8, Episode 9, Flatline. I am Matt Lieberman. Joining me this week on the panel, we have Liz Rishmaui. Hey, guys. And Zach Wilson. Welcome back. Yes. Wait. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're, we're fine. I can't hear myself. He, he, can't, he can't hear himself. I can't hear myself. But that's okay. The dimensional uh, factors are all yeah. Off. The dimensional factors are all off. I love this episode. Lots of, like creepy, creepy monsters. Awesome. Really, really great. And that's the, the that's the amazing thing. Before here, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about everything involved in this episode. But first, I just want to really quickly say hello to our live viewers on uh, on our website on AfterBuzzTV.com. And for those of you who watch us live, you can live tweet us here on the show. Uh, we're going to give our our Twitter handles right now. My is at Matt Lieberman. That's M A T T L I E B E R M A N. Yes, and uh, Liz Maui. Hey guys, you can uh, tweet me some questions and comments at Lizzie Maui. That's at L I Z Z Y M A W Y. Zach. I'm that Zach Wilson. That's Zach with a C H. All right, wonderful. So yeah, this episode, you know, this show since it got re since it got rebooted in 2005, at the at the very least during the no, I would say every season, there is a latter half earth set episode that is usually disappointing <laughs> and is kind of like meant to be a thriller episode but just ultimately is just kind of quiet and a little boring. Like, is, uh, Fear is Her a- is my big example. Like, sometimes it's great. Like, Closing Time uh, closing time, and The Lodger, I think, would be two good examples. Um, okay, like a more, like, uh, the Doctor Who equivalent of a bottle episode, if you yes. will. Like, a way to save money without big graphics and special yeah. effects. Except, okay. ex- yeah, except I, I thought that's what this episode was going to be when I saw the preview last week. But then, there are a lot of special effects effects in mm-hmm. this episode tons of them well and i guess cool stop motion animation the, the, the difference is that this did not have big set pieces yeah yes. except maybe the tunnel so i guess it really depends on where your budget falls where it lies is it because visual effects are not as expensive as they once were mm-hmm. yeah um but either way i don't know that this i don't think that this episode was at all written as a cost-saving measure right yeah. it's just a great episode instantly <laughs> i think my favorite of the season. Really? Or at least 
quality wise what i would put as the top i'd have to think go think back before i say definitely my favorite I would, but i just have to say how much when we're talking about the production value and stuff i'm just thinking like somebody got that one off of like think geek or something like the little tiny tardis like i'm like i'm pretty sure my friend has that exact everyone model wants the a tiny oh, everyone yeah. wants no but a it's, tiny it's definitely viable somewhere online i know <laughs> oh, sure. someone who has oh, it well like, if you <laughs> if you watch the bbc america feed at the moment of the adams family little crawl oh my god there was, in, there was at that exact moment a little bug shop doctor who uh, dot uh, bbc dot that's it's like a bug for the shop mm-hmm. buy your own little tardis of course well it's, they're smart they know that that's what everybody wants um, but yeah this was just like thoroughly gripping front to back it it continued to play with the doctor companion dynamic um, and really uh, advance these characters. I feel like the doctor we have by the end of this episode is the doctor we will be seeing from now on. Yes. He feels very self-actualized. He got his first real, even though it wasn't yes. very long, his first real I'm the doctor moment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yes. speech kind of a dealy has he said yet like is i think this is the first time he's gone i am the doctor like yeah. loud and at my like well because like as soon as matt smith came in right away you know he's you know he's like you know don't you know who i am and like the whole thing with the giant eye you know flashing on him like you know you know who i am and 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 it had all the cool visional things of all the other doctors and he just walked through and he's like i'm the doctor yeah like and i nearly like, cried right when i first saw it, it. so good yeah. i mean that was this is effectively the same moment yes. as because for me that was when matt smith like it was so quick mm-hmm. my, my like bow tie and enjoying, outfit. yeah my enjoyment matt smith was like because you got all that all that like fun stuff oh look what we're building here but it was the when matt smith said basically run, run. yeah that was the moment that ah. everybody's like Okay, I'm good. I'm, You're good. This is a good guy. Like, it, I can move past David Tennant, at least for me. I know a lot of people had trouble with that. Right. Like, yeah. I can love David Tennant and still love this guy. Right, because it was just a cool, like, so not good. to be misogynistic, but like, cool, big swinging dick moment for the doctor. <laughs> if I can be so bold. Good job. I don't even know that they have them, Time Lords. But we'll move beyond that. That's not a discussion. Yelp Eagle and I have episode. had a debate about Really? This about topic Time before. Lord dicks? We're not getting into it? Nope. You could get so. <laughs> sucked into that. Um, Remember how the other time I was on the show, Matt, how I said, like, I think that there's been several occasions, at least when I've hosted with you, there's always at least one sexual thing that is put I into this conversation. I don't know that that's tr- yeah, true. I don't know if that's always true. And, um, a, few, uh, a few quick shout outs. Uh, Tanya Rocha <laughs> at Painting True, uh, Painting True Must. Uh, or paint, yeah, painting true mouse. Uh, Doctor Who, hope this show never ends. We agree with you. Uh, Jacob Fonseca is watching us live. Um, at Chloe D. Stewart, uh, actually has a question for us. Uh, after watching this episode, how would you feel if the Doctor's next regeneration was Clara? <laughs> um, which I don't know how that would work functionally, but she acquitted herself brilliantly in this episode. And I think, uh, you know, uh, a Clara Doctor isn't, isn't half bad. Like, like if it was, if Clara was 
just a doctor, like the 14th doctor. I don't know how that would work. Or if the doctor just looked like Clara. I think this is one of those, like, who would win Batman or Jesus type arguments. <laughs> where it's not grounded in any kind of fact. Okay. But it's just fun to think about. Um, but, like, just about this episode. I yeah. think that really what it comes down to, this episode is the most well-written mm. this season. Because as a whole... I'm not left with anything to come. There's, I have no negative things to say about the writing of this episode. Mm -hmm. I have some things that I'm like looking forward to that might like fold back into this and like, what is this going to mean? Blah, blah, blah. But like writing wise, I think this was a just like flawlessly written script. I, I, Yeah. yeah, I agree. I mean, granted, it was, they took, they took time and special care to set up so that every little bit worked and you could see the mechanics of it. But, like, I don't mind it just because of the high quality of the episode. Like, like here, Clara, take this, take this, put this in your ear uh, so I that we can know. communicate. That doesn't bother me. And it's like, yeah. like, that's just, it's Doctor Who. It's getting into that gadget phase that, like, yeah. Tennant more had than Smith. I would agree. We had these wonderful Paternoster glasses that uh, that 12 <laughs> was wearing in the episode uh, as he was pouring over the TARDIS trying to find more energy, I believe. Mm. I could be misremembering the moment. Um, but let's just, let's just start from the beginning. They land on earth after one of their many jaunts through time and space and uh clara is trying to get back exactly where and when she left because she's been lying to danny about her continued adventures with the doctor cheating on danny cheating on danny and lying to the doctor her other not quite boyfriend (laughs) yeah it's it's not sustainable how do you guys feel about this situation i'm disappointed in clara i mean like i'm not as much surprise, I think the we, we discussed it a lot last week. I maintain that I firmly believe Clara is cheating. It's not sexual. I'm not saying it's sexual, mm-hmm. um, but I'm saying it's just as bad because basically uh, the definition of cheating is: Do you feel the need to lie to your significant other about it? And hmm. this is very much lying. Yeah, I feel like it's hard because I I just feel like I get what you're saying because in a way it's kind of like cheating on him it's not it's not cheating per se in my my eyes I just feel like no you're lying that's wrong I mean any sort of lying in any relationship is wrong and she should be honest with Danny and the doctor but it's just one of those things where she's torn between these two people who she greatly cares and loves Mm -hmm. and she doesn't want to hurt either of them and you know, the only thing that they would have to be hurt by is the fact that she hid this one little fact from them. I mean, aside from facts, like, yes, I'm still going on adventures with the doctor. But it's Yes, not- doctor, Danny is okay with me doing this. I mean, it's a disappointment that you were lying this whole time because, you know, technically she is in danger when she travels with the doctor. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not a little fact. It's a fact mm-hmm. that puts her in constant danger, something that really but matters me, a lot not, to Danny. She, you know, but I'm saying that's... Not even me, emotional it's not cheating. cheating. It's, it's just... It's it's just you're lying. It's wrong. It's still it's, wrong in your jeopardized relationship. To, to me, it is the equivalent, and not, and it's yes, it's because they made the comparison last week. This is like telling somebody, "No, I gave up drinking." Mm-hmm. Like you, if you're this leading a said, secret life. Yeah, this person's yeah, an alcoholic, and they said, "No, I gave it up. I'm not going to drink anymore because I want to be with you." And then you find out they're going out all the time and drinking. Okay, and just when like, you when you say it like that, I wouldn't call that, but I wouldn't call that cheating though. I would just say you're leading a secret life. You're shutting me out. Maybe it's an emotional cheating, yeah. but it's it, a unique circumstance a unique that circumstance. I put into both categories. Certainly. Um, and you know they land the TARDIS, and for whatever reason, the door is like a quarter 
quarter of a size. And uh, it's just a delightful so sight cute. gag to see them pop out of this little little mini TARDIS. Can you imagine how crim they were? I mean, unless they well, used some green screens. I think they probably had like a, it, the had a fake back. Like there wasn't a back of yeah. the TARDIS. Yeah. And she just kind of like crouched behind it and then crawled through. I I'll, like to think that they were just stuck in there for a few minutes till they wrote like, you know, like scene one. And then, you know, they had to actually crawl out of this mm-hmm. little box. Or it's like extra long. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I'd bet that that was... Well, it might it might have been in a studio on a soundstage with some like heavy green screen work. It, it, I feel like you could do it a lot simpler. You just bolt it to the ground and you you shoot it from a certain it, angle, angled it specifically so that they could probably even just elongate it so that they're just it's just a tunnel. You yeah. don't see the rest yeah. of it pointing. That's out. true. It's a static shot, yeah, more, yeah. For, more or less. So yeah, yeah, you're right. That'd be easy to pull. Oh, off. Look at all these guys with their degrees in film and. Filming things. I'm, I'm on the same page as you. Why are we doing this? <laughs> Fancy. Uh, yeah. So in, in this episode, you know, uh, the doctor gets back on the TARDIS and he's stuck in there because it shrinks even further to the point that it's a little baby TARDIS <laughs> that uh, literally the only thing that can pop out of it is maybe his hand, uh, which is used nose. to wonderful effect several times in this episode. Like, it's a little goofy to see him, like, <laughs> use his hand to, like, crawl off the train track, but at the same time, super cool. I couldn't stop laughing. I was giggling I like an it. idiot. And I would like to just say, uh, Jenna Hatcher at uh, Distant Dweller, she said, did you notice that the sign on the door behind Missy was the shape of a Cyberman eye? And the window. Really? Was I the did shape not of a Cyberman eye with a little little dash coming yeah, off the and eye? And the window. She's I, I have to go back and watch mm. it. So what are we saying Missy's the new cyber controller? If so, I've why is she theory. cyber controlling them from an iPad too? I've heard that th- let's <laughs> Are we going to get into Missy now? Because no. I have a lot. Okay, we're jumping all over the place. Yeah. Right. Well, let's let's yeah. stay on. Let's we'll stick stay on to the story. Stay on topic. They'll come. Stay on target. Um, <laughs> so that was like an idyllic voice. Well, stay on target is from Star Wars. Oh, so, anyway, anyway. So um, Clara has this opportunity with the armed with the sonic screwdriver and the psychic paper to basically be the Doctor for for a day. I love uh, it. To the Doctor's consternation, <laughs> um, she she poses as the as the Doctor, and uh, she quickly discovers that there have been strange disappearances all over Bristol, or at least in this particular estate of Bristol. And uh, Riggsy, the uh, the young uh, uh, graffiti artist, pudding, pudding brain was that what the doctor called? Yeah, he's, he's a pudding brain, he's a fluorescent pudding, pudding brain. Fluorescent, fluorescent pudding, pudding, brain. pudding brain. I love that. Yes, I need my my new username for a video game or something. Fluorescent pudding brain. Yeah. I'm down. It's also a pretty solid post punk band or like right? pop punk band. Yeah, um, ska band. Yeah, I loved seeing Clara have to take charge and be responsible for everything. It was actually it was kind of like, and I don't know if you guys watched this show, but it's sort of like the relationship in Batman Beyond where uh yes. where Bruce Wayne uh, yes. is just old in the in the cave on the watching like, through tell his and eyes angry that he can't do anything exactly while this young person has to fend for themselves and I really thought it brought something very special to their relationship because you know the doctor doesn't necessarily trust Clara a bunch he wants to include her a lot but he doesn't necessarily trust her especially now that he knows that she's also lying to Danny mm. and I feel like he's but known he for not, some time he, I feel like- I feel like he was toying with you her think? beforehand. I feel when, like he always knew. When I think he believved it yeah, up until this episode because like it's really like he when was he so hears her the last episode. At, when he hears her at well, but the doctor's also just prone to yeah. not care about others' opinions. If he's getting what he wants, mm-hmm. he doesn't care how it affects others necessarily. Um 
But as long as it's not like world destroying. Yeah. But I, I think in this episode, like as soon as she has that conversation, like he knows that something's up. Right. Um, whether it, I don't know if he necessarily connects all those dots that he, she's lying completely mm-hmm. about it, but he knows that something's up. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I want to, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just want to say like, I'm really mad though that like just somebody saying the, what is it when she was always like, what would the doctor do? And when she was doing those things, like, I'm just, I really wanted somebody to say, like, the doctor always lies. Like, say it, somebody say it. But like, she said it too. I know, but she didn't actually say it like that. I know, but well, she also said rule one was something completely different. Yeah. What did she say? Uh, I, re- I wrote that one down because I liked that quote. Rule one of, of being the doctor, your enemies, use your enemies' power against them. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the doctor has, like, a lot of rule one. Yeah. yeah but, but I would say that's not necessarily a vocal rule one. It's really more of like, that a, was I want watch else. this show yeah. and like fans would be like well rule one use their power against them that's that's all it, well, rule sci-fi. one of fighting monsters with yeah. the doctor rule one of everybody who associates around the doctor is to know that the doctor always lies yes he doesn't actually say that I always lie but like I thought that that was like really like beautifully efficient yes. storytelling to have her basically he's like well what should we do what's the first thing you should do she's like lie mm-hmm. I should lie give they, them hope give them they hope they can run and he's like that's good they can run faster mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and it's it's the truth she's it's what I love about this episode more than anything and we'll get into the monsters and we'll get into the Tudis and all the great stuff and how cool that room was with the swinging chair and how I want that room in my apartment and and how deliberate it was I was like as soon as I saw the swinging chair I'm like oh yeah they put that in there for a reason yeah um, but what this episode does is it directly calls into action uh, Clara's uh, Clara's big blow up in Kill the Moon where she mm-hmm. was forced into the role of the doctor mm-hmm. and was deeply upset by it deeply heartbroken and betrayed that the doctor would put her in that position but now that she is offered the position herself and she is forced to feel what it is actually like to be the doctor not only does she get it she wants approval for being yep. as good a doctor as he. And not to mention the fact, I mean, well, when you think about it, though, it's not like she had a choice in the matter at this point. He's stuck in the TARDIS. He sure. can't get out. But she has fun while doing it. I mean, there's so many scenes, because in the episode before, she's always smiling sadly. Mm-hmm. Which, granted, that was because she thought it was going to be her last romp around with the doctor. And now, it's like, but she seems so, like, delighted. I mean, even when they were swinging on the chair, and she's, like, trying to lie to Danny, and she's like, ah, and it's just like, but even with all the panic, and, like, you're, you might die right now, she's having fun this entire episode. There's a thrill there mm-hmm. that she understands now what the doctor I feel does. like maybe there's less of a thrill when she has she's responsible for more people's lives. Yeah, but but I think that it's really what it comes down to is that and I think the doctor sees this is that that experience during on in the episode Kill the Moon changed her. It changed her way of looking at it. even if she doesn't she's not aware of it. This is a subconscious thing. But he I mean when he talks about goodness had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Be- in the in Kill the Moon, she was trying to do the right thing, make the mm-hmm. right decision for the right reasons. Here she's just like, atta- like attacking the monster. Like we got to do the, we got to solve the day. She's acting like the doctor, not thinking, just being the doctor. Yeah, yeah just doing what needs. And I think that that is a major transition. That I think that was why it, uh, he had that. The doctor had that look when mm-hmm. he was during that speech. Like 
not disappointment, but almost like regret. Yeah. Like, I regret that I am turning you into someone who can be me. That's not what I want. Yeah. It, it the whole me- reason why he has a companion is so that he can see the universe through the eyes of someone who still has hope and joy in their heart. I mean, we effectively got that information uh, in, an, in an episode with Eleven. Yeah. 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 Um, it just, it, for me, it, it parallels just, and partially it's just because on classics, uh, mm-hmm. we've been doing William Hartnell. Um, but the, so much of this doctor has, I felt, I felt been grounded in the original Hartnell doctor and to, and his relationship to his granddaughter Susan. Mm-hmm. It's very similar and very much like that Hartnell started out when the doctor first started traveling. Yeah. He was not a, necessarily a good person per se. He was doing things randomly he didn't care about other people but his companions and his experience turned him into a good caring person as he traveled and as experience affected him and it changed him into the doc and as all those decisions overwhelmed him being a good person being not a good person it made him the doctor we know today and he's seeing that transition from clark she's not she's losing herself her essential humanity yeah she's losing who she is and becoming closer to him and that's not a good thing Mm. hmm what do you think, Liz? Uh, I mean, I feel like the, Clara is such an interesting and unique character, and we've gone through this before about how you know we, we weren't pleased with the writing for the character, but the actress did you know Jenna uh, um, Louise Jenna Coleman. Louise Coleman did as best as she could with it, you know. But we have this really interesting character that basically like did things that no other companion could do. She was in every single cycle of the Doctor being there, you know, the impossible girl. And now it's like we're seeing... I feel like we're getting more personal into behind, like, who she is as a person, like, just being on Earth and stuff, because a lot of this season has been, like, Earth episodes with Mm her. And... I wouldn't say a lot of this. Not season. a lot, no. but I mean, I mean, just like I feel like compared to all the others, we see her more like as a school teacher, going on dates, her personal life. Like, I just, I just think that. Well, the, my my struggle with Clara, and I've I've been very vocal about this this mm-hmm. season, is that I felt very much, especially with her relationship with Danny, like the whole thing mm-hmm. with Danny and Clara, mm-hmm. is that it's felt shoehorned in. Yeah. Like, we need a human story for Clara because Jenna Coleman is a fantastic actress, and we want to keep her around, but we didn't have a... It didn't. It feels like they didn't have a solid plan in place mm-hmm. for After the Impossible Girl. That's what it is that I'm struggling yeah, with. Yeah, like, I think, I think that you know, it's not good for her to become like the doctor, but at the same time, it's like, I guess he doesn't want to pull her away from like knowing what she knows. Like he, he needs to know that she'll be okay without him. Cause at one point it's going to happen. Okay. Like she's not going to be his permanent companion until she dies. Here's what I think. And I, I appreciate the points you guys are making, uh, namely about how she had this great importance last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now on some level, if you look at it, if you look at it critically, uh, they're trying to find things for her to do, perhaps even to keep the actress on the show because she is so good and the material that she had last year was less than perfect. The episodes of the season have been fantastic. Yeah. Yes, have been fantastic. And I think fantastic for her. And the reason why I like the way that they're developing her this season and the reason why I like Danny is because last year she wasn't a character. She was an idea. She was a function of the plot more than she was okay. a person. And the the I feel like... The first rule of business with Clara this season was back to basics. Who is this person? What drives her? What's important to her? And what does she want from life? And I think that ultimately she does want a real partner. And she thought she had that in the doctor, but she doesn't. So Mm -hmm. she finds it somewhere else. But now 
she's not quite ready to give up how important she is when she is on that TARDIS and the things that she is able to do that she's not able to do in a normal life. When the TARDIS is in her purse. Right. But like, she wants to have it all. We had that montage at the beginning of one of the episodes where it's like, I can't do it. I can't juggle it all. She wants, she's, she is the woman who wants to have it all. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, her addiction to the TARDIS will rob her of the humanity that would bring her the happy ending that she sought to have at the beginning of this season. That's what I think we're doing here, is we are watching, uh, we're honestly watching a tragedy unfold. Very, very well put. Uh, I love, I love that, that take on it. Um, And I agree 100%. So I guess, I guess uh, my issue is not as much with Clara as it is with Danny, Hmm. because I want him to be more active. Well, yeah. I mean, without spoilers, maybe we'll be getting him on that. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we will. That's what I've been waiting for this whole season. For Clara's, that's what I think Clara's story is missing. Mm. Is it's what we got with the pawns. We mm-hmm. these the the because it's a the Doctor and his companions their dynamic. Without seeing the Doctor and Danny's interaction more than we got in that one episode. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, but here's the difference. I'm like, the difference ah. is between our two doctors. Eleven is the kind of doctor who would pull Rory onto the TARDIS, uh, to resolve a conflict. Yeah. Uh, twelve would not. Yeah. And true. I feel like we have now, through her lying to him and being put in constant danger, we have now forced her into a corner where if she is going to be able to continue going on these adventures, he will want to see one for himself mm-hmm. to know that she is okay. Because the last memory he has of her in this episode is her screaming and the phone cutting out. Yeah. And then she, and then when he tries to call, she sends the in a meeting. I'm in a meeting. You don't go to meetings. Who are you? You're not at I school. work with you. I know there's no meeting. I know all the meetings, Clara. <laughs> Don't you dare say you're in a meeting because you're not. But that's what I mean. And like maybe we'll get it next week and I'll be satiated and I'll be able to to drop this point. I just it's 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 something that's been off about it. Like there are pieces that are working and working fantastically. And mm-hmm. I love Peter Capaldi's new doctor. I love him. Capaldi. 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 I can't keep track of it. He's not uh, Italian. But anyway, the but the but it's just, there's an element missing, and I think that it's having Danny on the TARDIS. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I just, okay, this is, it's going, it's changing topic a little bit. Can I do iTunes before you do that? Okay. All right. You I know, guess. it's all, it's all right. It, it, You're it, allowed. Thank you. You're welcome. Folks, you know I say it every week, and only because it's the truth. The best way that you can support all of us here at AfterBuzz TV is to go to iTunes and rate and review the shows that you listen to or that you watch on YouTube. It's quick, it's easy, and it's the best way for us to be able to get our sponsors and our guests that keep our shows flowing and wonderful. You know, uh, it's the only way that we keep our lights on and our doors open. It's our lifeblood. Why? Because the better our reviews are and the more copious our reviews are, the easier it is for new listeners to find our programming. You know, we here at AfterBuzz, we put out the widest array of after-show programming on any platform anywhere in the world. It's a serious, serious undertaking. We put out over 80 hours of free content a week. And Matt's on like 70 hours of that. I, I wish I was on 70 hours. Um, <laughs> no, right, now I'm on, right now I'm like on six hours. But um, but still, uh, it, it really takes all of us here to, to 
make that happen. And a lot of people put in a lot of hours to make that happen for you to make sure you get your podcasts on time. So if you could just go to iTunes, rate and review the show, it would really mean a lot to us. And you also get a great shout out here on the show. Now, right now we're sitting at 155 ratings on iTunes, what? which some people would say is impressive, but they are not I for I am Lieberman, the, the commentary voice of choice here at the Doctor Who after show. We actually do. It's, it's a nickname that predates you guys okay. on this show. No. Okay. It's, it was, it was a, no. the Jenna Bush era. I'll let it slide for now. Uh, thank you. But uh, the best way that you... You know, we don't even just do this show. We also do Doctor Who classics mm. led by Zach Wilson. Lots so of stuff. We do two two Doctor Who shows on this channel. So uh, I think that by the end of this season, we have four episodes left. I see no reason why we can't cross 200. I see oh God, no reason why left. we can't do 200 ratings and a whole mess of reviews. And I'm sorting through them all right now. And trying and, to get to... And while you do that, guys, Classics is going to be sticking around uh, after the season wraps up. We're just going to keep this going. We got 50 years worth of stuff to talk about. There's lots to do. If You, want you can't to, get rid of it. If you want to tune in this week, I'm really excited for this week's. On Wednesday, we're going to be talking about the 10th planet, which is two enormous firsts in the Doctor Who universe. The first appearance of the Cybermen. What? And then the first regeneration. The big first regeneration, um, oh, wow. which that episode is almost entirely, the fourth part um, leading up to it is, is almost entirely lost, but has been... Restored through re animation. Yeah, completely reanimated. It's really cool. It's looking. really, really cool. Um, it looks awesome. The, the regeneration footage is still there um, if you want to watch it, but... Um, but check it out. It's, it's available on DVD, unfortunately not available on streaming, but um, it is fantastic if you can get a hold of it. And then we're going to be talking about it with me, Katie Collin, uh, Megan Salinas, and Tari, Tari Miller. Wonderful. Uh, so I'm going to read some reviews for you. Uh, this one, five stars from Panda Hoovian, the best D Doctor Who after show podcast. This one, I love the chemistry between you guys. Love how these podcasts are helpful after some confusing episodes and how we can compare the theories we all have. Great job. Greetings and much love from Puerto Rico. Uh, best of two worlds, five stars from Battle Girl Deb. Loving both AfterBuzz uh, show for DW and classic Doctor Who. Uh, both shows are just what this Whovian needs when I started getting on other people's nerves with my love for this show. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Who podcast, Been five there. stars from a whole bunch of letters that don't make any sense. Uh, it's just like lots of V's <laughs> and G's. Uh, I just started listening to this podcast. I can't find any better podcast than this one. Whovians unite. In the words of nine, fantastic! Yay! Five stars from Justina Marcel. Uh, the content has been great. I look forward to your many great discussions. Uh, I really like this show by Flying Car. Five stars. I really like Doctor Who. It is clear AfterBuzz does too. They cover the new and the old. They're as good as gold. So the day I will not rue. That's a nice, a nice poem from Flying Car. Uh, Thank you, Flying Car. Listen from uh, In a Days. In a dais. Uh, five stars. Recently discovered the show on YouTube, but wanted to stop by here and show my support. Thank you. I appreciate anyone who's on YouTube who's willing to come to iTunes and review the show. It's really, really helpful for us. Uh, it's how our bosses track our progress. Uh, Doctor Who newbie, five stars. Alice Rinaldi. Uh, I'm pretty new to Doctor Who fandom. Started watching after, before Peter Capaldi. Uh, and AfterBuzz is a great resource for me. I love listening to the discussions and theories. Another great AfterBuzz podcast from the Cape Man, five stars. Thank you for a great podcast. Great podcast from Triple 
B07 five stars. It's great to have a Doctor Who podcast. I can't find any friends to discuss this with. I'm glad that Matt is a host as well as enthusiasm really shines through. That's very kind of you. I'm really happy that we have all the people that we have here on the show. I think that everybody brings something amazing to it, and I'm really, really happy that we get to do it. Five stars from Dynamite Jones. Uh, five stars from Surf Coyote. Uh, sheer pleasure listening to the thoughtful, fun, sometimes wacky comments, opinions, and speculation. Just a pure treat. All right, folks. Thank Breeze. you so much. Uh, I, just, I wanted to get them all. I wanted to get them all fast. I don't want to waste anybody's time. We only have limited time. Okay. So, the monsters in this episode yes. were so cool. So, were they like little like flatworms? They were kind before of... They at did... the very beginning, was yeah. I the only one who was, who had like... It was almost like acid flashbacks or like yeah, more flashbacks bit. to Doctor Who the movie. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> right, with the master slithering yeah, the, the, like the, little slug I, form. I, I was like, I, there's no way that they're going to like make any... They're going to even pretend that that just didn't happen. But yeah. like, it, it looked like it. it a little Well, there bit. was a scene where I think it was just before... Um, God, I think it's when they started forming when they were in that room with the swinging chair. And mm-hmm. then when they started developing, it was like, they look like worms, like, coming out. Like, little wormy yeah. things. Kind of like like a flowy, like, almost like, it looked like, like, oil paints or something. Yeah, it was just weird. And, like, you know what? The cool thing about this episode, though, can I just say how... And I'm surprised almost because this doctor almost seems so negative most of the time. Mm-hmm. When he was like, no, they might not even know that they're hurting you. Yeah. And... And in the end, they were, and he's like, no, you're awful and horrible, and, you know, you're monsters, and, but it's like, it's so interesting to me how this doctor, who has seemed to be more of a, um, less hopeful faith in humanity. More or, of a pessimist. Yeah, more of a pessimist in the fact that that was the, his first say in it. You know, I did, did either of you guys think I, that was kind of interesting? That I he liked thought, it oh, a maybe, lot. Maybe, maybe they're good, they don't mean to. I loved it. I thought it spoke very well. Like, I didn't think of it as, pessimistic or optimistic per se but just more of a a realist Mm -hmm. approach to it because he as he says like life takes on many forms and as soon as he determines that they are something sort of like cross-dimensional like different dimensional being so vastly different he he wants to he doesn't know it it's new and that's the most fascinating thing and It'd be much better if they weren't hostile because then he could learn from them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's also, we know, dealing with, uh, th- uh like, uh, questions of other universes, mm-hmm. pocket universes, trying to find, yeah, trying to, universes, stuck yeah. on the side that, like, we haven't really talked about in a while, but it's still there. So I think he would love if these were not hostile creatures. And, and he doesn't even say, you are monsters. He's like, I tried. Let it be known. I tried. I tried yes. to be to to communicate. I tried to talk to you. You knew what we were saying have, the whole time. You have taken on the role of the monster, and so I have to act like I have to play the role of the monster stopper or whatever. Or, yeah, whatever he's fantastic like, I have to do what speech I do best. he gave. Yeah. Um, which I thought, just uh, if I could harp on that for a second, was such a awesome speech so because. Cool. He, you Doctor Who could get trapped, and uh, like over the years, it, is there's so many monster stories that follow the formula of monster shows up, monster wreaks havoc, doctor comes in, doctor saves the day, mm-hmm. uh, monster goes away, the monster is bad, it goes but away. But he named them too. That was so cool too. Like I named it was it the boneless, the boneless. But like, but mm-hmm. not just that, but the idea that he no, he's aware of it, and like he just wants to move forward. He just wants to be better. Yeah. Um. He wants he wants it to be good. Yeah. Um. 
but he knows what he has to do. He knows what he has to do. I okay, real quick though, can I just say the moment if I can skip ahead a little bit when he's in the TARDIS and it's on that weird standby mode and he's losing air. Siege mode. Okay, siege mode. When there's like no life force in it and mm-hmm. you, you think what would happen if he like died? Wouldn't he just keep regenerating and then like dying again because he can't breathe? Kind of. Although I would have to imagine <laughs> the energy of a regeneration could oh. be funneled into uh, into the TARDIS and yeah. have it unlock. But I thought that that uh, that Clara's solution was so, so ingenious, mm-hmm. so ingenious. Uh, I really loved the way that this episode wrapped up. I thought that the animation of these uh, boneless was so cool. So creepy when they, too. When they, with the way they moved. The way they moved, the way they took apart the couch. It was just so very unexpected and, and very original, unlike anything we've seen it. before on the show. And uh, with a show like this, innovation is always welcome. And the nervous welcome. system on the wall that looked like artwork. Mm-hmm. And I had to really tilt my head. I'm like, oh, snap. Like, it yeah. was so cool. Like, who, <laughs> like the, the artists on the show, like, just five stars. Like, brilliant mm-hmm. on everything that the work and the art and in and everything that had to go into this episode yes uh so unfortunately good. we're we're running tragically no! on time so there's uh, parts of the discussion that we're not gonna be able to get to i we have to talk about missy yes uh, okay yes and her ipad too which was <laughs> and, and like i'm not just kidding that was an ipad no i like i when i watched because i watched it twice today and like when you i looked down the second time Yep, there's the little square on the button. It's <laughs> yep. definitely an iPad. Yeah, and she she says to Clara, "Oh, Clara, my Clara, I chose what? well." So she made the decision to put them together. It, it, effectively, yes. I feel like that's a confirmation that it was Missy in the shop. Is she the, Missy yeah. is the woman from the shop? That's yes. like no questions Wait, are which left. Which are we talking that. about now? The the woman who called in the, in Clara. the bells of Saint John, yeah. the woman who Clara called, who gave her the number of the TARDIS yes. that put them together. Yes, it's basically that it's Missy. Yeah, but why and who is Missy is still up in the air. Well, there's and everything's this... hers. It's like my doctor, my Clara, mm-hmm. my you know. Well, there's this whole Cyberman dealy that everyone's saying that she's now somehow connected a, to the Cyberman the window and something. Yeah, somehow connected to the Cyberman that she's maybe the new Cyber Controller or something like that, or she's partnered with them for some kind of ingenious reason. But everything that she's been trying to pull so far has been about removing it has been about the union of machine and human and what clara's been going through has been about the removal of her natural human instincts to become more like a time lord Mm. to become potentially maybe more like a machine more of a pragmatist more of a realist maybe i know it's supposed not supposed to be the ronnie but something tells me this is some kind of experiment but we i I know that stephen moffat has said it's not the ronnie but do you trust him do you trust stephen (laughs) moffat i don't I don't trust uh, him. Uh, that's only that's only fuels my theories about it more. Mm-hmm. I know, but I, yeah, it could be. But I, the fact that she's saying "my Clara, and my Doctor," I think is a big thing. It, I don't, I'm not going to harp on like any wild theories about like who she might be in terms of like old characters. Clara's mother. I don't know. <laughs> we met Clara's. Well, I know. I'm kidding. Either way, but it's. She feels like she has to take some ownership of it. So the cyber controller thing doesn't doesn't right. mesh yeah. to me. Okay, um, but it does feel like this is going to be somebody who is maybe not from our version of the Doctor's past, but revealed that is somehow from the Doctor's past. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Do we think? Can we agree? I mean, well, no, because now we're talking about the cyber controllers. Like, do we agree that she's somehow linked or connected to Gallifrey? 
Well, I'm just going to throw this out there and fully well, ready for it to face. be just so wrong. <laughs> what if she's what if she's a regeneration of Romana? Romana, the time lady, was one of the of the fourth doctor's companions. She was uh the first and only time lady introduced in uh in the entire canon until River arrived. Ooh. At least I think so. I may be overstepping with that. Hmm. But wasn't the Ronnie a lady? I thought. Oh yeah, the Ronnie's also a lady. So I'm an idiot. <laughs> Way to uh, go. But the the one good one and uh, what if for whatever reason, because she traveled with him for a long time, she could easily feel like she has ownership over him, maybe even to call him a boyfriend. But I don't know why she would be doing all this. I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. So I don't know. That's why I'm saying it's definitely wrong, but it occurred to me. It does. I, I do feel like Missy has to be a Time Lord in some Something way, shape, or form. related to Gallifrey. Because it's like, why... We have they even they haven't really even mentioned it the series so far. Like what all the the, the things are that he's looking for the well, chalkboard. I think it's just because the whole idea behind it was they said when the fiftieth came out that this is isn't about the previous fifty years. It's about setting up the next fifty years. Yeah, and I feel like they're purposefully not talking about Gallifrey because they don't intend to move on Gallifrey for a while. Yeah, it's conspicuously. Absent. Absent. Okay, fair enough. Uh, unfortunately, we do have to wrap up, so it is time for predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. That light is so pretty. Predictions. Yeah, it is pretty. Uh, so, we saw the scenes from next week. If you're not interested in those, it's probably time to, to hang up. Peace uh, out. Stop it. Uh, but Danny does join the uh, the adventure next week. Yeah, or, with a whole wh- class of kids. So that yeah, to in me, Danny's that, words, "What up, bitch?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was uh, so funny. to me. It doesn't look like that's on purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think hit like he's probably like, "I don't want to talk to you." Like I know what you're doing. Like he gets into a. I'm I'm, I'm thinking he's gonna get into a fight with Clara. They're on a, a class field trip that like they can't avoid each other, and the doctor shows up. Maybe mm-hmm. trying. Maybe he's trying to settle it. Yeah, I, th- I feel it. like he would be trying to give them an opportunity to mend fences. Yeah, not to mention the fact, especially after all we've said on this episode, where especially Uzak saying that the doctor's concerned because he doesn't want Clara to, you know, become disattached and disassociated with who she is in her life. So, you know, obviously that would be good to have Danny back in. 100%. I think, he's, I think the doctor's worried about Clara, worried about what is happening to her. And he's going to try to take steps to fix it. Did anybody have like a weird vibe of like when I first saw like a wolf and then I saw a little girl running in a red jacket? I'm thinking, is this some weird, weird yeah, twist like, of Little Red Riding Hood? I don't exactly. think that's an accident. I think there's going to be some Obviously. kind of fairy tale. Something. I don't remember what the title is. London next in a week Forest. Is. Yeah. Mm. I, it, I mean, come on. <laughs> I feel like they enter some sort of alternate reality version of London that takes place in like in a fairy tale story. Oh, God, it's going to be like them crossing into the dimension of Once Upon a Time. Oh, God, let's hope not. <laughs> All right, folks, uh, thank you so much for watching this edition of the Doctor Who After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. We are here every Monday, and Doctor Who Classics is here every Wednesday, uh, also at, at, at 7, at 7 p.m. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. P- Pacific Standard, if you want to watch that live. Otherwise, it'll be on YouTube and iTunes a few hours later. Yeah. Liz Rishmaui, where can people find you once again? Hey, guys, Liz Rishmaui here. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lizzie Maui. That's L-I-Z-Z-Y-M-A-W. Why? Also, check me out on panels such as Sword On Online and The Legend of Korra. I will be taking a small hiatus because I'll be in Japan, but you'll see me in another weekend or so. Okay, and Zach Wilson. And you guys. 
kept uh, following me on Twitter at that Zach Wilson and tons of shows here at Afterbuzz. But I'm most excited about Grim coming back this Sunday. Tune in. Cool. And you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. That's M A T T L I E B E R M A N. You can also find me here or on YouTube on SourceFed and SourceFed Nerd. Uh, we do a superhero roundup show there every Friday. Uh, we're covering Arrow, The Flash, Agents of Shield, and Gotham, as well as any comic news that's going on. Also Constantine when it starts up. So if those are your bag, you can check that out over at SourceFed Nerd. I want to thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back next week. Good night. Peace. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 